0: than being somewhere their mountains are beautiful and valleys are nice and rivers flowing. It's much better to be here and worship our living God who gave himself for us. So we can know him, how beautiful he is. Our God is awesome, God. There is no I don't want to be anywhere else. I want to be in His courts. It's better in one day than thousands elsewhere. It's much better. Praise God! Praise God! It's so it's a joy and pleasure to be be with you again and share His uh, testimony. Um, probably a few weeks ago, I was here on Wednesday night and I shared with some of, some of you uh, this testimony. Um, I just want to be this testimony be a reminder again. Second um, Peter chapter one verse 12 says this: "I will remind you of those things, what things, the quality things. So he talks about the gospel. I'm going to be remind. I will remind you of the gospel. thought you know them. And you established, you are established in the truth that you have. So let this testimony be a reminder if you heard it before. But for those who never heard it, I pray that God will use it in such a way that will be challenging to you and same time encouraging. If if someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, I pray that their eyes will be open and the faith will be granted to them to believe believe this Christ who redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. That's the the heart of the gospel is to be redeemed by Him. And for him. Let me pray before we start, because without prayer, I need prayer. Prayer is an amazing thing. And let's let's bow our heads and before holy God. Oh holy Father, we come before you. Thank you so much for who you are. We're thankful that you sent your Son Jesus to be a propitiation for our sins. It only through him, only through him alone, we can know you. There's no other way. There's no other way, only through Christ Jesus, because he's the way, the truth and the life. All we need is Him, nothing else. We are nothing without him. And we are everything in him. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, as I proclaim your gospel through your testimony, please humble me. Uh, Open our hearts. Open our minds. Let this testimony will lead us to worship. Lead us to worship you. You deserve worship, Lord. Thank you again for who you are. We love you so much. And I pray in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Second Timothy, uh, chapter one, verse eight. Paul, Apostle Paul, he encourages Timothy and he says this. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. The testimony I'm going to share with you this morning, it's not about me. There are so many testimonies, they're all man centered. It's all about them. And God doesn't get credit at all. That's not a testimony, that's uh, you boasting who you are, but you're not boasting about the one who bought you with the precious blood. And so this morning, I want to boast about him. Galatians 6:14 says, Paul says, And may I never boast except on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world is crucified to me and I crucified to the world. So that's my boast. That's my boast. I wrote um, a Theology of Boast and I would like to share with you. It's a, it's a similar to um, spoken word. Who likes spoken word here? So I love spoken word. I love to use uh, spoken word to proclaim God's truth. So I would like to, before I share, I want to share with you the theology of what it means to boast in the cross. Because I took that from Galatians 6.14. It goes like this. My Redeemer is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I build my house on the rock, boy, not on the sand, boasting only in the cross, the blazing center of the glory of God. Catch my shot. I rep scriptura. Dude, focus your thoughts. Jesus Christ is supernaturally and fantastically amazing. All glory and honor belongs to Him, and I'll keep praising. No one can stop me, because I believe in promises in Romans 8. I keep killing sin of this world I used to love and date. To fear the Lord is to hate what is evil. People, they love their sin, and they do stop where it's illegal. I don't want to waste my life for this stupid game, because for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. I'm so amazed what He has done on the cross to save our sinners like us. That's why I live and worship as living sacrifice for His glory. I'm not ashamed of the glorious gospel and His vivid story. I believe in death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Jesus is alive, and I know that's the fact. Check 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. Christ rose on the third day and He ascended into heaven. The event I'm representing, it's incredible. God the Father did what's impossible. He resurrected His Son from the dead. So you and I can have eternal life instead. See, Buddha and Muhammad, they're still in their graves. Only Christ did it and He forever reigns. He's the resurrection. Put trust in him, and he will raise you up on the last day. So read the Bible and believe it. Stop doubting and just receive it. Jesus Christ is coming back again. Be ready to see the face of the one who gave his life for many. Amen. Amen. That's, that's my boast. That's my boast. So I want to share the testimony about him. It's all about him. It's not about me. John the Baptist says, John 3, uh, verse 30, said, he must increase, I must decrease. So as I share testimony, I want you to see him, how beautiful, amazing Jesus is. I'm from Central Asia. Central Asia, it's a a country called Kazakhstan. It's the number nine largest country in the world. It's a Muslim country. But let me tell you, I'm not from Mexico. Even I look like Mexican. Every time I go to Mexican restaurant, they speak Spanish to me. And I have no idea what they're saying. So I respond in Russian. That's the language I speak. The, the Russian not like when you run Russian, not that kind of Russian. The, the Russian language. And so that's how we at the Mexican restaurant that's how we start our conversation. You know They don't understand me, I don't understand them. And so this morning, uh, you know if you want to speak Spanish with me, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. I'm, I'm going to respond to you in Russian. And so I, I, I'm from uh, this country, Kazakhstan. It's a, it's a Muslim country 40. Uh, 63% Muslims and 40% um, Russian Orthodox Christianity, and then less than 2% newborn Christians. My biological parents, when they gave birth in the hospital, they left me, and I became orphan for 16 years. Just imagine that, being orphaned. For 16 years. And compare uh, the orphanages over there is completely different than orphanages here. I visit some orphanages here in, in America. They, they does not look like orphanages to me at all. But in Kazakhstan, orphanages are uh, really different. They, um, they don't have a lot of food to eat. Uh, they always, uh, like I remember uh, changing my clothes once a week, taking shower once a week and you share in one tiny room with 10 guys, um, and you become a professional thief in that orphanage as well. And so so I was in that orphanage uh, from since I born for 16 years. It, it was tough. It was tough. It's not easy life. But I'm thankful for that life. I am. So I went all kind of orphanages, and one time... A teacher came to me in the orphanage, and she told me that I have to be Muslim because i born in Muslim country. You know, there's a joke. If you sit in garage, it doesn't make you a car. You know, but they told us that if you born in a Muslim country, you become automatically uh, Muslim. So I believe the lie, and I start worshiping Allah. I start going to the mosque on Fridays. I pray five times a day. I try to do good deeds. They love good deeds. They just love it. And so I was one of them. I tried to earn my salvation or earn heaven by good deeds. I, I did so many good things, you know, to, to earn that. Because I remember, like, what Muslims do, they, when they sin, They try to cover up with good deeds. But I didn't know that Isaiah 64, verse 4 says that all our righteous deeds is like filthy rags. I was not realizing that I was covered with filthy rags. Yeah, when we're going to go to heaven and be with Jesus, we have a new cloth. The cloth of Righteousness. And, but before, I was wearing these filter rags and boasting in them and, and saying, Oh, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm doing good deeds. Now, realizing there are filter rags to God. There's nothing can please Holy God, only Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus came to give his life so the wrath of God can be satisfied. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you can go to heaven. Jesus died to satisfy God's wrath. And you get the benefits by faith. Through uh, through faith. By grace. And so I was boasting in those filthy rags. But same time, I was slave to sin. Jesus says in John 8. Verse 34, he says, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. I was slave to sin. Ephesians 2 1 says that I was dead in my sin's trespasses. I was dead. There was nothing in me good. Nothing. I loved sin. I loved the world. I loved darkness. But at the same time I'm trying to be a good person. I I, I felt like David did in Psalm fifty one when he says in verse three that the my sins and my transgressions are ever before me. Everywhere I go, they're there. And John three thirty six says that everywhere I go, the wrath of God remains on me. Doesn't matter where I go, the wrath of God remains on me. Everyone who put trust in Christ, they have life. But those who don't obey Christ, the wrath of God remains on them. That it's me. That's me. That's some of you here. And so I was doing that and I was boasting in my filthy rags and dead in my sins and trespasses, slave to the world, a slave to sin. But I praise God didn't stop there. I praise God that he didn't come when I was walking in, in the darkness. There was a little boy from different orphanage. Uh, we have a, a two type orphanages. We have a good behaving kids orphanage and we have a bad uh, behaving kids. Guess what? I was in a bad behaving kids orphanage. And so this boy from different orphanage, he became believer through local Christians, and he was so passionate about the gospel. He started proclaiming this gospel with his classmates. And when he was proclaiming this gospel with the classmates, teachers find out and they told him he need to stop sharing the gospel. They said if you stop, if you don't stop sharing the gospel, we're gonna kick you out. And we're going to send you to this bad behaving kid's orphanage. And he, guess what? He disobeyed. Oh, praise God. And because he disobeyed, God sent him the light and salt. He sent to the toughest place, to my orphanage. And so he met me. And so he came to my orphanage, and guess what? He started preaching. I mean, Christians just love preaching. I love that. Praise God for that. I wish you guys would be like that too. Wherever you go, work and school, you will proclaim what he has done for you. And so this boy, sharing the gospel with me, and as a Muslim, I hated everything he said. I hated the cross. I hated the name Jesus. I hated everything that connected to Christianity. And what we start doing, we start persecuting this boy. We start making fun of him. And we start beating him for that too. Do you know when you become salt and light? If you take Matthew 5, it's so interesting in Matthew 5, when uh, Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about, blessed are those who have been persecuted. Blessed are those who have been persecuted. Because we have a great reward in heaven. And then after verse 11, uh, verse 12 comes and says, you are the salt. And then verse 13 says, you are the light. Why? I believe all those verses are connected. The only way you can be the salt and light when you get persecuted. Because the world, they're going to taste that. They, They will taste, ooh, it's salty. Ooh, it's too bright. Because they live differently. And so I saw, him, and this boy, he lived like that. He not only preached the gospel, he lived the gospel. It was, it, was, it was like in him, you know? It was his DNA. But we persecuted him. And we make fun of him. But he responded really well. That shocked me. He's response back to us, loving us, caring for us praying for us, and we continue, you know, go against him because he said that Jesus is God. He was not ashamed of the gospel. That's what it means to not be ashamed of the gospel. You know, there's a lot of this cliche going on. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. You need to show that you're not ashamed. Don't just throw the words. Show that you're not ashamed of the gospel. And one time I remember uh, we had opportunity to, because in orphanage you're always hungry, you want food. And so we had opportunity to go to cafeteria and steal food from cafeteria. And we invited this boy to come with us. And he said, I can't do this. I can't steal. I'm not slave to sin anymore like you are. And he quoted to me 2 Corinthians 5.17. He said this, if you're in Christ, the old passed away, behold, the new come. He said, I'm a new creation. I'm not slave to sin anymore like you are. I'm different. I, can't, I cannot do what doesn't please God. He said, I want to love what God loves. I want to hate what God hates. That was his heart. And that really got me. I was like, okay, tell me, more about this Jesus. Tell me more about the Jesus who changed your life radically, who changed you, your life in such a way that you turn 180. You're different, and I can't tell that. And he was so happy to tell me about Jesus. With simple, gospel is so simple that the child can understand, but it's so profound it takes a lifetime to study. Yeah. And he starts sharing that this Jesus, for eternity he existed. He created this universe. He created you and me. But we, our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden, they walked with God. And they disobeyed God's word. God said, Do not eat that fruit, forbidden fruit. Because of their disobedience, the sin entered the world. And we all affected by it. It's like a disease spread everywhere. Everywhere. And there was a first. The gospel preached in Genesis three fifteen. That there's a seed is coming that will crush his head, crush his head. And so we, and he's telling me this that we all sinners. There's no way we can stand before holy God. No way. He doesn't care how good you are. He doesn't care about your morals. He doesn't care that you have a good grade or this high status accomplishments. There is nothing can satisfy Jesus, I mean, God, with our abilities. And this Jesus who created us and we rebel against him. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. Just think about this. He became one of us. God became one of us. Because there's no other way we can be saved from God. He have to provide sacrifice and he provided and he said, I will be perfect, blameless sacrifice. For those people who hate me, who spit on my face, who disobey my law, I'm going to die for them. And he comes in a human form. The second person of the Trinity came in the form of Jesus Christ. Lived perfect life. Even he was tempted, never sinned. Lived perfect life. And then for 30 years, Three years he was serving, loving people, even people hating him. And then he tells them why he came. He came not to be served, but to serve, and gave his life for many. And he goes to the cross. On that cross, he bears the wrath of God that we all deserve. The earlier I shared with you the uh, John three. 36, the wrath. Everywhere I go, the wrath of God remains on me because I'm not in Christ. So that thing switched on Christ. I was the point, I was the target. Now Christ became my target. And so he drank the cup of wrath of God all the way. And then he says, it is finished. Finished what? the forgiveness of sins so everyone who comes to this amazing and precious Christ and put their faith in him they will be forgiven and they drink he drink that cup and he freely will give his righteousness to those who will repent and believe in him one of my favorite verses in the bible second corinthians 5:21 it says this god made him jesus Who knew no sin to be a sin for us, so that in Him we become the righteousness of God. The greater, uh, the reformer Martin Luther called the great exchange, happened on the cross. The great exchange. He took our sin upon Himself, and He gives His righteousness for those who will repent and believe in Him. But praise God. On the third day. Don't forget that. He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't. On the third day, he rose again. Remember that. He rose again for your justification. If he didn't risen, we won't be here. Our life will be in vain, Paul calls that. But he risen. And he is risen indeed. Like I said, in my poem, I share the Buddha, he, if you go to his grave, he's still there. If you go to Muhammad's grave, he's still there. But if you go to Jesus' grave, he's not there. Amen. Because he's risen. And he's risen indeed. Right. Amen? Yes. Our God is alive. I love that song by Shailan when he says, Jesus is alive. Yeah, he's alive. He's alive. And so, but don't forget this also. Yes, he ascended and he sat set in the right hand of the Father. And he ruling sovereignly over everything. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And remember this, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back for his bride. Take her home. It will be so exciting for those who are in Christ. But for those who are not in Christ, it will be terrifying. The day of the Lord, it's excitement for the believers. For the non believers, it's the wrath. It's the wrath. So if you don't know him, I plea with you, come. Come to him come to him. He's so good. Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. So this boy, when he shared this with me, my response was, this is the foolish thing I ever heard. Because Paul says in First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18, says, the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. But for us who've been saved is the power of God. As a Muslim, it was a foolish thing I ever heard. It didn't make sense to me. Do you know why? Because I was not born again. I was not born again. I was not regenerated. My heart was not changed to things of God. But God's been working. But God's been working. When This boy, when he became believer through local Christians, those local Christians, they heard that their friend was kicked out from the orphanage and came to my orphanage. And they came to my orphanage. Guess what? And they start preaching. Do you know? I realize why. Because they believe the faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. They believed that. And they came and they pre- start preaching to me again, this gospel. I don't know why it so took me so long to respond to this amazing and glorious gospel. If that means that God fails, no. By no means. He couldn't save me on the spot right away. But his timing, it's perfect. It's perfect. If you know the uh, story in the Gospels when Jesus was sleeping in a boat and the storm came. And disciples, like, you know, freaking out. I was like, oh, what am going to do? When Jesus woke up, what he did? He calmed the storm. He didn't say, oh, it'll take us a few hours. Maybe next morning the storm will stop. He says, immediately, storm stopped. And I apply that to salvation as well. God can... Could have changed my heart on a spot right away. I don't know why he didn't do, but I know his time is perfect. His time is perfect. So sometimes, you know, when you share the gospel with your loved ones and those who you love and you want them to come to know Christ, remember God's time is perfect. Right now they're not responding that but they will continue sowing the seed and continue water, but God will give the growth. And he will if you stay faithful to the gospel. So I encourage you, keep preaching the gospel to your loved ones. Those who are co-workers and classmates who doesn't know, they will come to know. And just trust God. God is faithful. He is faithful. Remember that. Even if it take you so long, years, it took me years to respond to the gospel. Now I'm here and sharing his goodness to you guys as an encouragement as you continue to proclaim gospel to those who you love. And when I heard this gospel again and again, Holy Spirit, start working in my heart. Open my heart to see two things. Gospel comes with two things. Gospel comes with the bad news, and gospel comes with the good news. The bad news is that I'm a sinner, I'm condemned, there's no other way for me to be in the presence of God. I'm lost, I'm orphaned, there's no hope. I saw my condition in a deeper, and deeper way the grace became bigger. I saw that condition. But it didn't stop there. I heard the good news. It became so sweet to my ears. So sweet that someone gave his life for this righteous man Like Paul says in Romans 8, right? The richest man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of death? But praise God. Praise God for Jesus Christ. It is well. It is well with my soul. Praise God. And I saw the beauty. The cross was foolishness to me when I was not born again. I was so proud. In my sin. And now I see cross is beautiful. And my savior was hanging there. Taking my sin upon himself. So I can have life. The cross remind me the wrath of God. And cross remind me the love of God. If you down the love of God. Look to the cross. I was reminded that I was saved from him and for him. Church, Jesus paid for us. So, for himself, he bought us. Nothing can stop that. Nothing. And I turn away from my wicked ways. I turn away from my self-righteousness from religion, from false religion, and I turned to Christ. And I came, like a hymn says, with empty hands. With empty hands. And I cleansed and I embraced the cross of Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. It's not just like praying the prayer and asking Jesus to your heart. And live like a devil. You see your condition before holy God, your sinfulness, and you turning to Christ, and his grace becomes such a bigger compared to this. And you run it. You run it with joy. With joy. And you embrace that. You embrace that. That's what it means. Become converted and become a believer in Christ Jesus, and God changed my life radically. And I became one of those crazy Christians who love to preach. I'm not ashamed of it, I'm not ashamed. Christian life it's a toughest life on this earth, but it's the best one. If someone comes and put guns in my head, it says. Reject Christ or die. Do you know what I'm going to quote them? Philippians 1.21. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Okay, now you can shoot me. Because Christ is worth it. This gospel is amazing. And I want you, believers, beloved ones, to love this gospel. And not be ashamed of it. Like this boy who shared with me. I know those are tough times are coming. Sufferings will come. Sufferers will follow. It's God's strategy. One of the persecuted pastors says. Christians are like nails. The harder you hit them. The deeper they go. You need that. The church in America need that. They need that. And you will see the growth of the church. So don't be surprised by suffering. What Paul says in uh, Romans 5, verse 3. I boast in my sufferings. Paul, are you crazy? He says, I boast in my sufferings. Because sufferings produces what? The patience. Patience produces what? Character and character produces hope that's poured out on us. Boast in your suffering, don't be surprised. So many Christians outside this country suffer and give their life for Christ, and they die in a such a way rejoicing because they know their, hev- their heaven is their home, their citizenship is in heaven. So I challenge you. When suffering comes, rejoice and boast in it. Because patience will follow and character will follow. Those local Christians, they gave me Bible when I became a believer. When someone comes believer, give them Bible. That's the best gift you can give. The Word of God in a book you know there's a general revelation and there's a special revelation in general revelation we see goodness of God in creation but that's not enough he chooses this book a paper to reveal himself in a book And those Christians gave me this Bible, and I I couldn't read God's Word publicly because I was surrounded by Muslims and by people who hate God's Word and Jesus, because if I read around them, they will take the Bible, rip it and throw it away. So what I had to do, I had to get up every midnight and go into the bathroom and read my Bible in the bathroom. And I believe bathroom is the best place to read your Bible. I still have that habit I love it. And when I start reading the God's word it came so clear to me that God's word is all about our savior. It's all about Jesus. In Old Testament Jesus Christ concealed. In New Testament Jesus Christ revealed. And it's so sad in this culture we take this word for granted. Statistically speaking, Christians, they watch TV four hours a day and they spend, in God's Word, ten minutes. Sad. so sad. We try to find different entertainment to entertain us. But this is the very, of God's Word. Think about this. For you committed a crime and now you in, in the courtroom for your they're gonna judge you for your crime and you go into prison for all your life for the crime and someone comes in to that courtroom and says I wanna take his place put me to prison and they put him to prison what's your response Oh, thanks and leave, I will be like, I want to get to know that person who just took my place. I'm going to go online. I'm going to find anything about him. Same way, we should respond to God's word. Jesus took our place. He took our place. He died for us. So what's our response? Oh, thanks, Jesus. And I can do whatever I want. I would be like, I want to get to know that Jesus. And the only way we can know that Jesus, through this book. There's no other way you can go. All 66 books written about him. And so I challenge you and I encourage you to read this book every day. You don't have to read the Bible. You don't have to. If you understand the gospel, if you... Embrace the gospel. You will say this, I get to read this Bible. You see the difference? You know, religious people, they will push it, there you have to read the Bible. If they tell you, don't read it. I want you to come to God's word as hungry. And you say, that's what I need. It's your word. And say, I get to read God's word. There are so many countries don't have this. They don't have all translations, but they're crazy about God's word. I guess every one of you have this book in your house. Probably many of them. They're probably somewhere in a shelf, dusting it. What that tells you? We take this for granted. Someday, time is, there's a, time is coming when this book will be taken away from us. And it's coming. So don't waste your life. Don't waste your time. If God gave this opportunity to us. He gave those resources to us to use them, to know Jesus Christ, to train and disciple others. Memorize this book. Meditate day and night Do you know why we uh, we struggle with sin so much why this culture is so filled with pornography and you know and the attacking the church because we don't memorize this book Psalm 1 6, uh, 19 says verse 9 says this how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? I hide it. You were in my heart. That I might not sin against you. That's the only way. This is our sore. This is our sore. What do you do with the sore? You fight. You fight, and you're gonna fight all your life. If you have this book, if you love this book, so I encourage and challenge you to love this book. Don't take for granted. Please don't take for granted. Let this book become precious to you, and other things will become rubbish. This is eternity. God spoke in the book. God spoke in the book. And so, when I was reading this book in the bathroom, I was so convicted that I should reconcile with this boy that I was persecuting and making fun of because he what well, he believed. It was tough. It was tough. I came and I asked for forgiveness. I came to him and I asked for forgiveness. And by God's grace, he forgave me. And we became good friends. And we had one goal. We memorized this Romans 1.16. When Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. To salvation to everyone who believes, we memorize that and we believe that because there was a power in the gospel. And guess what? In the end, when we all—all all my classmates—graduated from orphanage, they all became believers. Not because what we did, but because we believed in the power of the gospel. We believed in the gospel in, in the power of the gospel. And God saved everyone in my classmates. It's a miracle. They were running toward hell, but now they're running toward light. Our God is awesome God. Our God is a big God. There's no comparison. Those little G-Gods, Nothing they compared to our living God, they're nothing. So die to them and live for a living God. Like Paul says in Romans six verse twenty-two I was I'm a slave to God. I'm free from sin and I'm slave to God. Let that be your reality. Let the world see that you are free from sin. You hate sin. And you love your precious Savior. And you're willing to give your life for him. There's no words in my vocabulary to explain his goodness. So, meditate. Meditate on this, what he has done for you. Our God is good. He's so good indeed. And another amazing thing happened. When I was an orphan as a believer, walking with God and trusting him, even in the tough times, being in a Muslim country, always persecuting and you know, for the gospel. But God You just rest in his promises when he says, I never forsake you. I never leave you. And I was resting those promises. And after, like, going toward graduation of the orphanage, I didn't have a hope. I didn't know where I'm going to go. But God loves to bless his children. He loves to give them gifts. Sometimes he loves to give them surprisingly. Like, he surprises you in a way that you're like, where that came from? And he's good at it. He's good at it. And so this couple from America came to my orphanage, and I got to know this couple, and I and I became really good friend with them. And they invited me one time to come to their home for whole summer, and I spent the whole summer with them, and. In the end of the summer I have to go back to orphanage to finish my school. We had this meeting in our living room. And they asked me if I'd like to be adopted by them. And I was adopted by amazing, godly, mission minded, Jesus loving family. I don't take my parents for granted. Being orphaned for 16 years, and I got adopted when I was 16, but this amazing fear I will never take for granted. So many kids in this culture don't like their mom and dad. That breaks my heart. Those mom and dad, they give and they provide and they teach their kids, and they take for granted. I want to do what I want to do. What? have no idea. Those parents, they're laboring and working hard to provide. They have a bed for those kids to sleep and food to eat. And they grumble and complain. I don't like that cereal. Who cares? <laughs> you don't get it. You, you have to be, there's no thankfulness. And I'm so thankful that I have mom and dad. And I will never, never take them for granted. And I will never complain about them because they're a gift from God. So children's here, your parents is a gift from God. And I know they love you. And they do best to teach you to love you to provide for you so i want you today to give them a hug give hug to your parents and tell them thank you thank you for loving me thank you for providing for me please do that i challenge you to tell them i love you mom and dad i'm glad that i'm not orphaned thank you for keeping me So God bless me with this amazing family that love me and I love them back. And they serving in overseas. They've been there for eighteen, for eighteen years. And they'll have a heart for my people. And they're planning churches and proclaiming the gospel to Muslims. Now I came here, now I'm in Boys College, getting uh, my preaching degree. Why preaching? Because I love God's Word. And I want to be preacher of God's Word. And my goal, after I graduate from Boys College, I want to go back to my own country and proclaim the Gospel and give my life for the sake of Christ and forsake those people who doesn't know Him. So I ask you, please pray for me as I go to toughest places in the world. And I'm willing to go and I'm willing to give my life because I look back what he has done. The gospel is my motivation, not guilt. The gospel motivates me to go. And I hope the gospel motivates you to go someday to the nations And proclaim the gospel. The peoples will praise him. They will praise him. And so uh, if God calls you to missions, be open. Be like Isaiah. In Isaiah 6, when he saw the holiness of God and he saw his unclean lips, and God forgave him, and then God asked him, "Who Who will go for us? And Isaiah responded. Send me, I will go. When I was in orphanage, I saw who God is. I saw my condition before holy God. And now what's my response? I said, Lord, I'm here. Send me. Send me and I will go. Even if it will cost me life, I don't care. But, for, but to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's far better to be part from the body. And be with the Lord. And I pray this will be your desire as well. As you go. To your um, work and school. Even to the missions. That you will be mission focused. The gospel will drive you in such a way. To love people. And give your life for them. So this is his testimony, beloved. This is his testimony. There's nothing in me that I can boast. Only boast in the cross of my Savior. I want to finish with this verse. Some of you probably know. Galatians 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me pray. Oh, Father, thank you again for your testimonies. Your testimonies are great, and we will boast and proclaim your testimonies, what you have done in us and through us in Christ Jesus. Thank you again for your Son, Thank you for his precious blood. Thank you that he, he's the lamb of God who takes the sin of the world. Thank you that he didn't stay on the cross on the third day he rose again for our justification. And we're looking forward for this new Jerusalem that when he comes back for his bride, we're eagerly waiting for this day. And I pray that we will continue eagerly wait for this day. Oh, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. Come quickly. Lord, thank you again for this Forest Baptist Church. I pray that they will continue loving you, and they will continue hate sin, and they will continue to love one another, and they will be excited and motivated by the gospel. The gospel will become everything to them. They will not be ashamed of this glorious gospel. They will believe there is a power in the gospel. There is no other way, Lord. Oh, how we love you. Thank you so much. We love you so much. As a bride, say, in Jesus' name, amen.